Hi, my name is Daryl Miller. I'm a developer advocate for RunScope. Prior to that, I worked building line-of-business applications in the manufacturing sector. Since 2007, I've been working on building hypermedia-driven desktop applications. This talk is about the role of hypermedia in enabling code reuse with web APIs. Software reuse has always been the holy grail of the industry. We crave the ability to not have to rewrite the same function and features over and over again. It's our path towards higher level of productivity. One reason the web itself has been enormously successful is due to its ability to reuse code. We use just one of a handful of desktop applications in the form of a web browser. We all use HTML and CSS for UI design and sharing JavaScript libraries is really easy to do. Fortunately, the API world is struggling to achieve significant levels of code reuse because it doesn't exist in the same environment. When building traditional applications, code reuse is built on inheritance and interfaces and libraries of shared types, but we don't live on the same platforms when working with web APIs. We don't share the same type systems. In the world of building APIs, we're still searching effective ways to enable sharing. We've got many efforts to try and build description languages to describe APIs. We have efforts like API Commons to provide a way to find those descriptions. And we have organizations talking about patenting APIs to protect intellectual property. But yet, if we look out at the web, there are very few examples of people actually reusing APIs and re-implementing them in multiple services. The only one I've found so far is the Metablog API. And I believe the reason we've seen little success in this area is because APIs are not an effective unit of reuse on the web. These two diagrams attempt to visualize and allow us to compare how reuse works with APIs versus how it naturally works on the web. On the left-hand side, we have the client, which is the orange box, which is consuming APIs from different servers. And we have an example here where this green API is re-implemented on multiple servers. But in order to interact with those APIs, we must consume the entire API. What about can we implement a partial API, or is it an all-or-nothing proposition? If we need, the client needs to integrate between two APIs to be able to compose APIs into a complete system. All of that integration occurs down on the client, so there needs to be intimate knowledge of both services and how the two services can interact. If we look at how reuse occurs on the web, it is the media types and link relations that are shared, and so it's the, the messages that go between the client and the server that are shareable, and the links between the resources that are embedded into those media types that are critical for reuse. And in this case, reuse is much finer grained. It allows the server to advertise mashups to the client by including links from multiple services in the same representation. And you'll notice I, I 
designated the boundaries of the server with dotted lines because the boundaries of an API no longer really exist. A, a media type can easily point to different resources on different servers. However, to make these messages and link relations as reusable as possible, sometimes we have to limit the knowledge that they contain because sharing knowledge, sharing too much knowledge limits reuse. I can give an example of this from the electronics industry that actually has a much better track record on reuse than the software industry. These two little circuit boards here come from a home automation kit from a company called LittleBits, and it's a temperature and light sensor. Now, they detect temperature and light, but they don't care where that light is coming from. Is it is the building on fire? Is it sun streaming through the window? Did somebody turn on a light or a heater? It doesn't matter. The whole point is as long as the measurement is below a certain threshold, the switch isn't flipped. Once the measurement goes above a certain threshold, it does flip the switch. And it is that ignorance of the details and focus purely on being able to take input and allow action to be taken purely on a very constrained knowledge that allows these sensors to be used in many, many different applications. Another analogy that I find useful for understanding the scope of the application semantics that should be con conveyed by an API is this notion of cooking utensils, pots and pans. In our kitchen, we have many different types of pots and pans. They have different uses and different purposes. But even an individual pot and pan is not limited to cooking a single type of food. You take the frying pan, you can fry an egg, you can cook bacon, you can make pancakes in it. You take a pot, you can make boil potatoes or cook soup. So they are specialized but address a class of problem in order to optimize for simplicity and reusability. If we attempt to build, create one device that solves all of our problems, we end up with you know, the Star Trek food replicator. Well, maybe one day we'll be able to get there. But there is significant complexity to overcome. Generic media types like HAL and Siren and Mason and Uber and JSON-LD and JSON-API, they're trying to solve a very large class of problems, and yet they still don't in themselves address application semantics. So you need to layer profiles and schemas and namespaces on top of those already fairly sophisticated media types. And yes, maybe we will one day have the Uber solution that solves all of our issues. But until we get there, let's not forget that we can just build simple pots and pans to get the work done. Now, there are risks, too, to building specialized media types. First of all, it's like every media type needs a written spec. We don't want to be writing a new specification for every single endpoint that we produce. And you have to be wary of overly specific media types. We have some cooking utensils here. We have a waffle maker. There's not a whole lot else you can build with a waffle maker. Um, sometimes it is absolutely necessary. Sometimes it's just overkill. 
you know, popcorn machines. Yes, you can also just cook popcorn and boil in in a vat of fat, right? There are other ways of doing it. So this is definitely something to be aware of, to be cautious of. I'm curious if anybody knows what the device in the bottom right-hand corner is. Yes, that, that, is, that is an asparagus pot. One consequence of what I'm suggesting is that, yes, we will need to build clients that support multiple media types. Our advantage is those media types are simpler media types. And we get secondary benefits in that if we build clients to support multiple media types, it allows media types to change over time when we discover that Jason's not the cool and hip thing that it is today and tomorrow everybody's going to be using YAML. We can evolve our client systems because we built in the capability to support multiple media types. We can also, once we accept the fact we're dealing with multiple media types, we don't have a problem supporting different clients that require different media types. Uh, this is not a... Uh, a negative in my opinion. Yes, it requires a little bit more work up front, but it does have advantages in the long term. I think one of the most important tenets of the web involves learning from what others have done before you. And I mentioned the generic hypermedia types, the HAL and the JSON LD, and I'm really happy that this work has been done because we know so much more about building media types than we did hypermedia types than we did just a few years ago. Uh, and many of these types can be used uh, even if you want to build uh, specific media types, you can take subsets of those generic ones and build on them and use them as a basis. But it's very important to understand what are the options that are available to us. Uh, when you take the generic hypermedia types, you have to first take those that infer the protocols and the semantic, the protocol and format rules, and then apply on top of those the schemas and alts and link relations in order to apply application semantics. You have the other type of API media types, which are ones that are built specific to APIs. And this is great for defining sets of conventions. It's so much better than just simply returning application slash JSON because an API can say, yes, this is the way that we present links in our responses. This is the way we return lists of items. And it's a great first step to see APIs starting to do this. Now, the downside, of course, is there isn't a lot of reusability across APIs. Ideally, we like people writing specifications that allow us to reuse across multiple APIs. But let's not take away from the fact that these are actually giving us self-descriptive responses. I'm a biggest fan of these task-specific type of media types that tell me, you know, one of my favorites is Collection Plus JSON, where it allows me to just display a list of things, and it is phenomenally easy to build reusable generic client code that presents a list of things, and yet you can still interact with that thing because you can include links that do very specific things that are related to the application domain, but on the client side have completely generic code that allows the user to interact with that list of things, select them, and invoke certain affordances on those individual items. 
HB uh, Problem, Jason Home. These are media types that are solving standard, horizontally applicable problems. And there's an opportunity there for building a whole bunch of client code that can take the application semantics that are embedded into those media types and doing useful things on the client so we don't have to keep rewriting the same client code over and over again. So let me leave you with a litmus test for determining if a message you've created may be useful in a standalone media type. Does it contain actionable semantics, something that the client can actually do useful with the contents of that message? And would that, those semantics, be useful in other APIs, maybe other APIs within your own company or other APIs in some other companies? Have you seen somebody else creating a message like this before? If those are true, then consider writing a small spec to define that as a standalone concept, and maybe somebody will write some reusable code around it. Thank you.